All right, let's turn to Psalm 122 in your Bibles. We are starting a series today called I Love Sundays for you guys who are newer to freedom. We don't do a whole lot of series. This might be, well, we have one for Christmas this year. But after that, it might be a few years before we have another series. Uh, We're going to be jumping into the book of Acts starting of the new year. But we're going to be starting a five-week series called I Love Sundays today. And I want to propose to you, really, this is the big idea of this series. I want to propose a revolutionary thought to you this morning. So are you ready for it? Yes. I mean, are you really ready for it? Okay, good. Here it is. Sunday was meant to be the best day of your week. How many of you guys would agree with that? Okay, for you guys who don't agree with that, you will by the end of the five weeks is up. So, <laughs> um, many of us, well, what raises the need of a series like this? I think a lot of us grew up the same way in situations where Sundays were boring. Um, on Sunday, uh, it was a rat race. Some of us grew up in homes where Sunday was just another day to get stuff done. Others grew up in homes where Sunday was a disappointment because it was supposed to be a family day or a day off, but nothing happened. It never did. It was a day maybe to catch up on the chores and get set for the week to come. So you're busy doing stuff outside with dad, taking care of the lawn, landscaping, chores with mom. For some of us, Sundays were awkward days because they were a day that we had to go to a non-custodial parent whom didn't know, that you didn't know very well. Others of us grew up in in homes where Sunday was full of conflict because church was mandatory, but no one was ever ready to leave on time. So the whole family, uh, you know, jumped into the bathroom all at the same time, trying to get ready to get out the door. You're bumping each other, scrambling out the door, trying to grab some breakfast on the way out. You argued with each other all the way to church. And then miraculously, I don't know how it happens, you pull in the church parking lot and, hey, everything's great. Everything's healed. We're wonderful. We're great. Put on the smile. Here we go. Um, you guys know it's okay to be real, Okay. A bunch of you guys asked me today, how you doing? I was kind of honest. I'm having a real hard morning, hard week. You know? It's just like I wish every day was great, but reality is it's not always great. It's good to be real, especially when you come to church. Don't fake it, you know, because what happens? Hey, can I pray for you? Yeah, please. <laughs> I do need prayer. It's good to be real. So I have good news for you today, okay? Sundays were never meant to be that way. God made Sundays. Do you know that? And he made Sundays for us. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's in Mark 2.27 if you're taking notes. But I want you to think about that statement for a minute. The Sabbath, it was made for man, not, or not man for the Sabbath. Today we live in a world where the pace of life, it's really killing us. It is killing us. And I want to suggest to you today that Sunday is a solution for that. It feels like we always have too much to do. And God said Sunday can be an antidote to that. It seems like we've always feel pressured. God made Sundays really as a relief to that. And there's never enough time for family or the people that we love or the rest that we need. And that's why God designed Sundays. 
before that. So with so much going on in our world, it's easy to lose sight of what really matters. And God created Sundays to cure that. And there's a proof. And we're going to look at that today in Psalm 122 together. So if you haven't turned there, you can turn there now. But one time, someone invited King David, who wrote this psalm, uh, to attend church with them. And I love David's response. That's why we're going here. I love his response. Listen to what he says in verse 1 here. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Do you get glad about that? Does that sound like a guy who is turned off by church? No way! I get to go to church. Um, just down the road, uh, Grigon, is that the name of the park down there? Yesterday morning, I'm down there, football practice with my boys, and it's crazy because there must be a hundred parents that hang out and they all try to get a good spot to sit and watch so that all the chairs and we're all squished in together. Uh, there and I hear everybody's conversations you know I don't eavesdrop on purpose it's just like hey if you're going to talk right next to me I'm going to hear what you're saying you know and it's it's just conversation of life you know I, I was kind of bumming because it's just like is this all people really talk about <laughs> there's more to life and stuff and I was busy working on study and stuff with my computer and I was hoping to have an opportunity to engage and finally the opportunity came because one guy said to another dad who was there man that's worse than sitting in church for an hour <laughs> and you know what I said I turned to him I'm like man you need to find a new church <laughs> it's just like and that's the mentality for a lot of people you know, the worst thing in life is having to do church once a week for an hour. I didn't tell him that he should come here because sometimes we have church for two hours. But <laughs> by the way, when you invite people, don't tell them that we go over an hour because the traditional churches are only an hour, right? Yeah, it's awesome, right? But let's see what happens here. <clears throat> um, David got excited. Okay, he was invited to church. Why? Because David was fired up about the things so many people are really turned off by today. You see, David couldn't wait to get there. What does he know that um, I don't know about church? It really should be the question. What does David have? What's his secret here? So let, let's walk through this little bitty psalm this morning so we can find out. Well, David tells us again in verse 1, I was glad. When they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. So he's happy about going to church. Wouldn't you say here? Then look at verse 2. Our feet have been standing within the gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. So here he's actually describing the physical situation. He's inside the city of Jerusalem. It's densely packed population there, right? Uh, Crowds were gathering together. And then verse 4, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. So he's describing for you and I what people are doing. They're going up to worship the Lord. And there are lots of them, tribes of them, in fact. They're going to give glory according to the statute given in Israel. In other words, because God told them he'd like them to come. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, um, for you guys after church today, 
Okay? The Packers start a month of home games. Highway 41, when you guys leave church today, it's going to be nuts. Why? Because there's droves of people that are going to a certain place to be entertained. Okay? And for some of them, it's their worship <laughs> for the week. You know, I've prayed for years. Man, wouldn't it be so cool if that was Sunday mornings just because people, everyone, needed to get to church? You know, that would be so cool, guys. Verse 5 tells us, For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So he's describing the physical environment again. So there's something big. There's this big furniture, let's say, in heaven. And by the end of verse 5, David is through describing what he's seeing. And then in verse 6 here, he turns to what he's thinking about. Look at it. He says, pray. This is what he's thinking. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So why does he want to do that? Why does he want others to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and to prosper? Because he cares about the people who are worshiping with him. Doesn't that happen? I care about you guys. Especially we're to take care of those of the household of God. Don't we read that in scripture? And is that hard for us to do as believers? No, because it's just in us. You guys have a special place in my heart because I get to worship with you. You just care about those people. Verse 7 tells us, Peace is within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Verse 8, For the sake of our brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you. So God, I want you to keep my people safe. That's what he's praying. Keep them safe. I want you to bring them peace whenever we get together. And even when we're not together, I want this for my family. I want this for my friends. You guys pray that for one another. That's how I pray for you guys, probably more than anything. Because let me tell you what, this world rips us off of peace more than anything. And we should be praying personally and for one another for the peace of God and that we would stay in the peace of God. And then he closes by saying this in verse 9. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So in God, I want this for you and for your namesake too. In fact, I'm going to do something to make this happen. I'm going to seek your prosperity. Why? Because I love your place. I love your people. I love you. You guys getting a little bit of David's heart here? Why he's so excited about church? I think these are things we should grasp and understand. So let's unpack this just for a minute. It's a little psalm. David really gives us six great reasons to go to church. So why did David, why David like going to church so much? Well, first one that I see is in verse 4, I think. He wanted to go to church because he liked being with God's people. Do you guys see that? Okay, first part of verse 4 there. That's where my tribe goes. That's where they're at. And it's a very unique time that we live, isn't it? A lot of different churches. I mean, you guys, there's 200 churches in Outagamie County, right? Why'd you pick to come here? I kind of feel like we're a tribe in a sense. <laughs> it fits. Those are my peeps. <laughs> it works. You know, when I was on sabbatical, we visited a different church almost every week. You know, in some, it was just kind of click like, hey, we're like-minded. 
you know, spiritually speaking. It just kind of, it fits. I'm just going to love Jesus and be simple. <laughs> Went to some churches where it was a little bit of a disconnect. Still brothers and sisters, still able to worship with them, still enjoyed it, but it wouldn't be a place like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> it's just easy. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, the second thing I, I see here, too, in verse 4, is he wanted to honor God. Okay, so he wanted to be with God's people, firstly, and then he wanted to honor God. Okay, a lot of people come to church for selfish reasons. No, <laughs> we come to church to honor him. And there's blessings that come in that, you know. But we're called to honor God. I want to go to church so I can praise the name of the Lord. It's good. Why did we have our kids come up and worship with us this morning? Because it's good to teach them to honor the Lord. It's just good for them. And we're going to try it for a while. I'd love if, we, if it works out. <laughs> I think it's good. But it is good for us to honor the Lord. And I get stirred up when we're together. You know, it's, it's easy to worship in the car, you know, listening to the radio, you know, good praise songs come on. But there's something special about when we come to church together. We stir each other up. There's a sweetness in that. Also, I see the third thing here that he wanted to go to church was because he wanted to do what God asked him to do. I talked to so many people. I don't know what God wants. What does he want of me? What's his will? <laughs> First question is, well, have you been reading the Bible? Eh, not really. <laughs> do you go to church? No. <laughs> you know, it's just like, if you really cared, if you really wanted to know, you should probably go to church. Start hearing the word. Start studying the word. <laughs> it's laid out there. Um, I love hearing from you guys. You know, I get, I get a, a message uh, from you once in a while where, hey, thanks, Pastor, for that sermon. God really spoke, and you'll share something, and it just blesses me. It's just like, hey, that time in prayer and preparation and thinking through thoroughly, communicating that, that hit home to somebody. Praise God. It's worth it. But then I also love when I'm teaching on this, and God speaks to somebody, but it has nothing to do with the study of the sermon. <laughs> it's just because they were in a place receiving the word of God and it was being take this way that direction for a purpose but God spoke to them something very personal that God's been dealing in their life that's one thing I love about his word it's living and powerful and I love the scriptures because guys don't ever get bored with the word of God I know sometimes it's easy for people to check out like oh we're, we're doing what we're going to be going through the book of Acts in January. I've heard Pastor Landon say that that might take us a year or two. I've already done an in-depth study in the book of Acts before. That's going to be kind of a bummer. You're missing out if that's your heart. Because let me tell you what, there's several books I've taught more than five times now. And honestly, in truth, every time I've taught it, God shows me more and more and it gets better and better. And if you have an attitude of, hey, I get the scriptures, that's pride. And pride keeps you away from God. Humble yourself. God's word is powerful. It is living. It never gets old. Working with the kids ministry a little bit the last few weeks and reasoning through stuff and some of the curriculum. Oh boy, basic principles just being brought to life. Just like, whoa, why didn't I? Maybe we should start doing kids curriculum upstairs. <laughs> There's just some things in there. It's just like, that is true. That is right. That is good. You know, so don't don't miss out on that. So 
David wanted to know what God had asked of him. So I want to go to church because of the statutes given to Israel are told to us and what to do. The fourth thing, in verse 6 here, uh, he wanted there to be peace and security in the house because he wanted peace for those who love God. He wanted peace for those who love God. So he just wants good things for God's people. And you can relate to that, can't you? Don't you want to see that? Don't we pray for one another? Okay. Our sister this last week had uh, a surgery in Boston last Sunday. She's back here. She's here this morning. I don't know where she went. Maybe the rapture happened. <laughs> she was just here. But just praising God, you know. It's just like, hey, you know, she's here. You know, I love seeing when you're able to make. You know, it's just one of those things. When we're praying, we want to see the good for people. We love them. There's some of you that don't come to church all the time. You're noticed. At least I notice when you're gone. Whether you guys know this or not, you're already starting to find your seats. You know, and I can tell by just looking like, hey, that's their spot. Where are they? <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things you just pray if somebody misses a Sunday, not in a judgmental way, like, where in the heck are they? But hey, I hope everything's okay. I hope they're doing well. You know, you just care and you want, you want peace for God's people. Fifth thing. We see in verse 8, he admitted that he wanted peace because God's people were his family and his friends. So for the sake of my family and friends, he says. In the sixth thing, in verse 9, he made a decision. He committed himself to the prosperity of the house of God. Verse 9. That's not a bad list, is it? Those are some pretty good things. So my reason for this sermon I want to tell you why I want there to be people in church in prosperity in the house of God and why I want Sunday to become the best day of the week for you, for me, and why I want every one of you to experience really how great Sundays are meant to be. Once upon a time in a, our country, everything stopped on Sundays. Okay, I'm 39 I remember a little bit of that from when I was a kid still. Oh, we don't even go because it's Sunday. The store's closed. I remember that. Well, people went to church. They worshiped God. They ate together. They hung out together. They rested. They recreated together. You know, they spent the afternoons together. Sunday wasn't an extra day to get things done or a bonus day to put your kids in something so they can excel even more and have high-impact activities. Um, Sundays was a day of rest and worship. So I think people had a greater sense of peace in those days. Don't you? Okay, Some of you older people, don't you? Were things a little different back then? You know, I think there was a hope, a greater hope then. I think there was a pace of life uh, all week. It wasn't as frantic as we see today because they knew how to slow down. Um, they knew how to find that peace and that rest that was needed to be refueled, to be refocused on things that really matter. I want you guys to imagine in your mind for a second a vertical line representing happiness and prosperity and then a horizontal line. And that'll just track years um, across a calendar. And then plot the percentage of our nation's church attendance, okay, um, year by year. And you'll notice what's been, it's been going down 
the last few decades and now plot the percentage of society's happiness and prosperity over the same length of time. And you're going to find those two are probably parallel. Okay. Um, there's more drugs <laughs> given out for anxiety, depression than ever before. It's more than 80% of Americans are taking something, guys. What's going on? Um, I think the pace of life. I think what God has ordained and asked us to keep holy, we've forsaken and we're reaping the consequences of it. I believe the higher the church attendance, the happier people are overall. Um, there's something about fellowship. Okay? We have a men's retreat coming up. You know, I encourage every man to make it if you can. But it's the same reason why I encourage people to go to church on Sundays. <laughs> there's just something when you get together with other believers, we're told not to forsake it in Scripture for a purpose, but there's good that comes of it. You know, you can tell when you miss a week. We missed church twice when we were on sabbatical, and I could actually tell a difference. Okay, I love church. That's why I'm always here. Some of you guys are like, well, you're paid to be here. You're a pastor, darn it. You know? <laughs> no, I'd be here anyways. <laughs> it's just, I've always been that way, even before I was in ministry. Hey, I just loved going to church. Um, <clears throat> but it's good. It's good for us. And I think you guys can tell. You miss a week or two, you can tell a difference. It just, why is that? Well, I don't know. I know God told us to, and his ways are better than ours, so uh, we should listen to him. So, um, so what is it? What is it? Um, it's because there's something that you can't see, touch, taste, smell about church attendance that makes it the most powerful investment in your week. Something about being in church that makes us better and qualifies us uh, really for special blessings, I believe. Why? Because we're being exhorted. We're being encouraged. We're being provoked. Okay, We're being equipped <laughs> to live out what God's asking us to do for him. So once upon a time, Sunday was the best day of the week for almost everybody, and life was better for almost everybody. So I want that again for our country, and I want really that for all of us here personally. So the importance of the Sabbath. Um, you guys can turn to Genesis chapter 2. Way back in the beginning of time, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Our kids are going through that this morning. That's their memory verse today. And after it was all done, after he had made the sun, and the moon, and the land, and the plants, the animals, what do we read about here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2? Well, let's take a look. On the seventh day, okay, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all the work which God had done created and made so god rested do you think he rested because he was tired i mean creation is pretty big isn't it <laughs> you know? it's a lot of work i mean how long would it take you guys just to you know create a little pebble take your entire lifetime you still wouldn't be able to do it guys okay <laughs> for god it was nothing in his nature he is the creator he lays hold to that title okay he's in the business of creating all things new. Hasn't he done that with you and I? For those who call in the name of Jesus? I mean, he's still doing that today. So, 
He wasn't tired. God doesn't get tired. The reason God rested on the seventh day is because he knew that we would need to rest every seventh day and that he wanted to see how important it was. So he set an example for us. Do you guys know that our blood pressure is on a cycle of every seven days? It goes down slightly and then back up for six down. Every single one of us. Hmm. Go figure. (laughs) So when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, his fourth commandment was remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Okay? So his exact words, let's turn to Exodus 20 to see what he had to say about the Sabbath day and the the law. Exodus 20, we'll pick it up in verse 8. Now, there is controversy among people. Well, if we're supposed to keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy, isn't the Sabbath actually on a Saturday? Yeah. When did Christians get together to worship, to break bread, to do church? On Sundays. We here in the West, we have weekends. Thank God for Judaism and Christianity. We get a two-day weekend, you know? Think about it that way. But the point, guys, of the Sabbath isn't necessarily, again, what we read before. The Sabbath is for who? For man, okay? And here, as we read through this, think about the reality of taking one day off a week. Look at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. So the point is, guys, we work for six days. Okay? Does that mean at a job? Not necessarily. But we are called to work, to be in motion. We're wired. We're built that way. It's healthy for us. But just as much as that's important and we're called to, we need a day of rest every seven days. How does that look for us? Well, hopefully that can shake out that it is your Sunday. I know people that do it on Saturday. I'm trying to take a day off a week on Tuesdays. (laughs) I don't care when it is. You just need to make a point to do it. And it's not an easy thing for us to do because isn't there always something? There really is. So what God's Word's telling us, hey, make it important. Make it a priority. So let me give you seven reasons why I want to invest in a Sabbath every week. Okay, Reasons to invest in a weekly Sabbath. I need it. <laughs> you need it. We read it in Genesis 2.2, Mark 2.27. And God knows we need it. That's why he rested, and that's why he gave us the commandment. God doesn't want us uh, to flatten. He doesn't want to flatten your fun. He doesn't want to lessen your life by taking away a day. He wants to increase your joy and improve your life by giving you a day to refresh, to refuel, to refocus, and to be with him. Just to enjoy him, to enjoy life to rest, to breathe. So we need it. The second reason I want to invest in a weekly Sabbath is because God asked me to, right? 
Exodus 28. The fourth commandment says to keep the Sabbath holy. And I'll explain what that means next week, okay? We'll get into that in detail. But the third thing I want to invest in a Sabbath for is because God blessed the Sabbath. We see that in Genesis 2-3. For this reason, only he fully understands. God says that he blessed the Sabbath. It's a special day, not an extra day. And we have to cooperate with God in how he blesses and how we get blessed. Uh, fourth thing, my life goes better when I Sabbath. Okay? It's a healthy thing. For some of us, it's a hard thing to do. But let me tell you what. If you're obedient to it, God's going to bless it. So many of us think that we can't get ahead faster, you know, by missing a day of the week that we're productive because, hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work seven days a week. But that's not how God made us. The most prosperous fast food restaurant in the world is Chick-fil-A. Do you know that, Charlie and Don? <laughs> Um, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays because the owners of Chick-fil-A, they want to honor the Sabbath. That's why they've chosen to do it. And God will honor the business. So they make more money in six days a week than McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, Taco Bell. And they're only working six days a week. So here's some statistics I'd like to share with you and I think you'll find interesting. Uh, secular psychologists have studied the benefits of church attendance. Uh, follow this for a minute. What, uh, what they found about church um, people who regularly attend church. One of the things that they pointed out, and this was number one, they live seven and a half years longer than those who don't go to church regularly. Yet, there's some people who want to say, I don't have time for church. Really? <laughs> Another thing they found is 56% uh, are more likely to have an optimistic life outlook um, than those who don't. Uh, that's true, isn't it? 27% uh, are less likely to be depressed. 35% are less likely to get divorced. Um, they have a higher average level of contentment. Uh, they have a higher commitment to their partners. They have higher levels of marital satisfaction, uh, less thinking and talking about divorce, and lower levels of negative interaction. And another thing, they have higher grades, practice better time management, and experience a better sex life. Those are good things, guys. <laughs> so the studies are pretty clear. Life does <laughs> or goes better when you go to church regularly. It's a fact. Studies show it. And this isn't from a Christian group, guys. Um, the fifth reason I want to take a Sabbath every Sunday is because my Mondays go better when I Sabbath. How many guys, Mondays are a great day of the week for you? Yeah. I used to work in a... Uh, secular is secular. <laughs> I, I worked in a business for a while that it was really all about the money. You bust your butt, you make as many calls as you can, you engage with many people as you can, because the more sales you get, the more money we make, the more money you'll make. It was a crazy place to work, very crazy place to work. Um, and I, I didn't like Mondays. 
I hated Mondays and it wasn't because of me personally. It was because everyone else I had to work with on Mondays. Cause that's all they would talk about is how bad Monday sucked, you know, and everybody like, Oh, I can't wait, you know, for the weekend Monday. All they're talking about is getting a party started on Friday night. It's just like, great. That's all you're going to work for all week is just your weekend. Like what a waste, you know? Um, but Sabbath will help your Mondays go better. Um, does anybody here dread Mondays? Probably. So we get out of bed saying, rats, I have to go back to work today. We're exhausted. We're unmotivated because we used all our energy on Sunday instead of receiving energy, getting renewed from Sunday. So today we're starting a five-week series called I Love Sundays. Okay? You guys like the t-shirt? Nice. So during this series, you're going to see me wear this every week, but (laughs) uh, during the series, we're going to teach on two things from God's perspective. Number one is going to be how to have a great week. And number two is how to have a great life. Now, did Jesus come to give us abundant life? Okay. Would you guys say you see a lot of Christians living in that abundant life? Yeah. Yep. There are. I see some who do, and I see some that don't, you know, and most of them, Anyways, <laughs> Sabbath is important. You got to make time with the Lord. You got to take that time to rest with him, to worship him. Um, <clears throat> so during this teach or series, we're going to go through those things. Next week's message uh, is going to be called Good Sundays Make Better Mondays. So what we're going to learn is that if your Sunday is lived out the way it's intended to be, your Monday will be also... Um, be the way God intended it to be. You see, the sixth reason that we have this morning for a weekly Sabbath, and this um, I think is a very important, my family does better when I Sabbath. Okay? My family does. Because let me tell you what, if you're rested, if you're worshiping and enjoying Jesus, is that going to rub off on the people you're closest to? It just is. you know. And I feel bad as a husband, as a dad. You know, I work hard. I take pride in working hard. But sometimes it gets to a point you begin to exhaust yourself. And I can tell I'm not as nice, as loving, as patient, as kind (laughs) when I'm exhausted. That's why Sabbath is very important. Okay, It's important for you guys. It's important for all of us, for one another. So a family that attends church learns skills from the Bible about how to do relationships better and how to do life better. So great families become great by building great memories together. If you develop the habit of doing church together, your children or your parents, uh, they will build a repository of enriched memories that will really last a lifetime. Uh, My family is a far better family because of church. We look forward to it. Uh, Yesterday morning, um, I was uh, studying for the men's retreat. And let me tell you what. Okay, I I took joy in it, but I just said to Sonny, and it's just like, whoa, our kids are extreme today. (laughs) And stop. And right when I said it, Shalom was downstairs dancing like crazy, screaming about as loud as she can scream. She's just having a blast. And like a minute before, they were all upstairs singing Awesome God at the top of their lungs, like worshiping. Uriah and Finn are still upstairs worshiping like crazy. (laughs) 
it was just like extreme worship, extreme dance, just all going on at one time and stuff. And it was so cool because after they kind of came downstairs all together and we gathered together, you know, we got to talk about, hey, we get to go worship tomorrow, you know, and they look forward to church. Their friends are there. They get to worship the Lord. It's something we look forward to as a family. And we take that serious. We actually pray about Sunday mornings often. And normally on a Saturday night, we always have our prayer rituals, things to pray for. But almost on every Saturday night, our prayers are mostly just about service together on Sunday, coming together, the fellowship, the worship. And my kids get that. There's an importance. We look forward to it as a family. And I never want them to be in a place, oh, we have to go to church because that's what mom and dad do. (laughs) No, this is what our family does together because we love it. We love Sundays. We love our church family. Um, The seventh thing we'll point out here, this will be the last one. Uh, My eternity is going to go better if I Sabbath. So what if you personally heard God say, I love Sundays because that's the day when my kids get together and they sing to me. What if you personally heard God say that? Do you think that pleases God? You know, my prayer as we come together and worship is never, hey, let us just rock it this morning, God. You know, let people be really excited and the music be really awesome. You know, the prayer, honestly, and I know it's the heart of the guys who come up and lead us in worship is, God, would you be blessed and honored? Will we please you? Bring a smile to your face through our worship. That's what it's about, guys. It's about him. It's about pleasing him. And God looks at our hearts, right? Yeah, if our hearts are right, that's what's going to please him. And do you prepare yourselves for worship? I hope you do. You know, I feel an urgency to prepare on Sunday mornings. There's a lot of times I get up really early, see beautiful sunrises, get some coffee at five o'clock at Starbucks, you know, some time in prayer and preparation, you know, because I feel like this, this is very important. This is very serious. But to be honest, guys, when I don't have to teach, when I don't have to do, I still found myself getting up early and praying for church, even if it wasn't the church I was going to, you know, not here, but another church. <laughs> I did find myself almost every Sunday up early. Didn't even know who the pastor was going to be who was going to be preaching. I was still praying for him. I was praying for God's people as they would come that day, that their hearts would be ready, prepared. Because let me tell you what, life isn't always easy. And there's things that get in our life that get us derailed sometimes and isn't it so good when lord gently and by his love and his spirit just brings us back and gets us in that place where okay this is right (laughs) my my thinking's gotten messed up but you got me back on track here i'm so thankful for that and that's why sundays are such a good thing guys sometimes i feel like it it's the lord bringing us back in hey what's priority you know i know you guys get this even sharing this again, repeating this truth, it's good for us just to be reminded, yeah, that's absolutely right. That's true. That's good. So can you imagine what you would feel like if you created the planet for a people and you're doing things uh, for people all week long and then they spend a morning a week recognizing you and thanking you for what you've done? That'd feel pretty great, wouldn't it? You know, and I don't know about you guys, but my God's worthy. 
Our God is absolutely worthy of our praise. Man, if you want to put face paint on and come to church because you want to worship the Lord, go for it. I mean, I just think about how many people are going to go crazy in a couple hours over a football game. I enjoy football. Nothing wrong with football. But man, that's all the world has. You know, that's their worship. Man, we have some things to learn. <laughs> you know, not that we're going to be pagan, but man, is it okay to get a little excited about worshiping God? Absolutely. Look forward to it. Prepare your hearts to come and worship. If you have a mentality of coming to church and we worship because it's a little buffer to make sure everybody can get here for the main event that's going to be the sermon, you've missed it, guys. Our hearts shouldn't be prepared during worship to receive his word. Our hearts should be prepared before we ever worship. Amen? Amen? Amen. Good. All right, so... Friends, God loves Sundays, and he wants you to love them too. One last scripture. Let's turn to Psalm 100. I love this psalm. I love verse 4 here in Psalm 100. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So how can we do that? What can we do so we look forward to church every week? That's what we're going to talk about together over the next five weeks. And we'll be walking through it together, okay, through experiencing the different studies, sermons that we'll go through. And there's an opportunity to be a part of small uh, groups going on during this time. I go along with the series. I believe that's going to get, um, <clears throat> yeah, I believe that God's going to use the small group time, big time. We did something similar a year ago, and let me tell you what, we saw a lot of good fruit from it, okay? Uh, I saw it strengthen our church. I saw people who weren't really connected get connected and plugged in with the church, okay? There's still people that meet as a result of that <laughs> a year ago. This is only going to be five weeks long. Um, but I'd encourage you to get into a group to attend every week over the next uh, five weeks in the course of this series. Um, and I believe that you'll see um, a measurable difference personally with your family um, as we have an opportunity uh, to really seek him. Okay. Why? Because it's going to help us get centered on Christ, glorifying Christ. Um, and just overall, I believe things get better. In fact, if these five weeks don't make a big change in your life, um, I'll give you back five weeks, all right? <laughs> Five-week guarantee. Um, so let me give you some steps as we get started in this. How to make Sunday the best day of your week. First one, decide to let Sunday be the best week, day of the week. You decide. Not me, because I think this is a great idea, and this is biblical, and it should be. No, you guys have to decide it for yourselves. At the end of Psalm 122, David decided to commit himself to prosperity for his community. Your life to improve, uh, you have to make a decision to let it improve. You make this decision and God will make the difference. So decide to start coming to church regularly. Decide to make a commitment. Decide to get involved. 
think a lot of us all want change in our life. I mean, these are good changes, but there's things that shake out. Like, hey, I'd love to see that change, you know? And sometimes our cop-out is, well, they aren't making it happen. Or this situation isn't allowing it to happen. Something I've learned in the last year that's really been hard, but for things to change for me personally, I'm the only one that can really make that happen. You got to do something. You got to decide. Especially if it's God calling you into things. Because let me tell you what, isn't God asking for obedience from us? He can be telling us all the time, hey, this is good, this is right, this is what I'm asking of you, son, daughter. But then we have to obey. (laughs) We got to do something with it. The reality of Sabbath. This last year alone, I think I've read seven, eight, nine books just on Sabbathing and how important it is. It's something that I've been in sin for for a lot of years. Hey, another month went by without a day off. That's not right. It's not healthy. It's not good. Taking a sabbatical, which again, I thank you guys for letting me do. But man, learn some things during that time, some needed things. And let me tell you what, it's not always easy to take a day, but it's what God wants. And there's obedience that's needed in it. Even if it drives you crazy, (laughs) you need to learn to do it. Because in it, you're going to find blessings and you're going to find yourself really blessing God, honoring him in it, especially if you do it right. So uh, you got to decide, decide to start coming to church regularly, decide to make this commitment, decide to get involved. So what that looks like this week is going to be part of a uh, I Love Sunday small group Um I have in the front lobby, there's some signups. A bunch of you guys already signed up. We have four home groups going on. I'd encourage you guys to get plugged in. It's for five weeks. There's some during different nights. I'll probably be hanging out with my family at the Vanderheidens because they're doing dinner. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> But in front, uh, there's a study guide. So if you do sign up for a group, grab one of the study guides there. Um, the hosts, they're hosting. Okay? They're not going to be leading studies. They're just there to be a part of the conversation of getting together. Thank them for opening up their homes and hosting. But this is a group time. Okay, It's, uh, it's going to be a, uh, just an opportunity to dig into some scriptures, to pray with one another, to consider the things that we're discussing on Sunday mornings. So I encourage you, sign up for a group. Also, the second thing, invest in your Sundays. Okay, Church is no different than anything else you get something great out of it but you have to put something into it correct so engage the bible says where your treasure is there your heart will be also right uh, matthew chapter 6 21 what makes church great because you invest in it you know you who tell me over and over again i love freedom fellowship i love my church you know the one characteristic i see in all you guys you're invested <laughs> you're doing stuff you're a part of it you make it you know um so invest your heart also be a part of i love sundays these next few weeks um great initial investment third thing i want to point out is take the next step whatever it is uh years ago a church uh uh, sociologist named win earn did a study that satisfied uh, of satisfied church members and he discovered six things that these guys had in common i want to list them off real quick the six things that these um satisfied church members had were regular attendance 
Secondly, a place where they would serve within the church. Thirdly, they developed at least six friendships of other members in the church. They call the church my church. I love when people do that, own it. Number five, they give consistently to the church. And number six, they invite others to their church. Those are all good things, you know. So if you're new, I'd encourage you to pick one and start coming regularly. If you've been doing that, pick one of the other actions maybe you're not doing. Maybe it's time to put yourself out there. Man, I've been coming to church, but I don't do small groups. Hey, get to know some other people in the church. Sign up for one. Be purposeful in that. Also, um, yeah, take whatever steps needed. In conclusion this morning, a few years ago, um, Craig uh, Morgan, he's the, the country singer that we just, just listened to. Um, but I love that chorus um, in the song, That's What I Love About Sundays. He says, that's what I love about Sunday. Sing along as the choir sways every verse of amazing grace. And then we shake the preacher's hand. We go home into your blue jeans, have some chicken and some baked beans, pick a backyard football team, not do much of anything. That's what I love about Sundays. Simple. I think that's the way God's made it to be. To be simple. To enjoy. So that song calls to me, friends. I want that kind of day which... Uh, leads to a great life. I want that for you. I want that for me and my family. So, why don't we stand and we'll close in prayer. Well, Father, um, I just want to thank you for creating us and I thank you um, that you do. God, you, you've shown us, you've given us your word um, to teach us all the things that pertain to life and godliness and what's best. And I just want to pray, Lord, just for um, just great lives for my brothers and sisters, that we would run well, that we would finish the race well. God, that we would please you and glorify you in this life. That we'd be able to do it together, encouraging one another in those things, God. I, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to take Sabbathing serious. God, teach us, show us those things that would refuel us and refocus us, refresh us, get us back to that place, um, Lord, where we are rested. God, you've invited us to enter into your rest. And as Hebrews speaks about that rest that remains, would you please teach us to enjoy you, Father? To enjoy worship. To enjoy just being. God, and for us who are a little high strung, and it's, it's easy to go and to do, but it's hard to slow down, to stop. Would you give us grace to do that? Teach us how that looks and how that works. I do pray that you bring us back next Sunday, that we just be able to experience life, God, and just one of the neatest parts, just being together as a church family and worshiping you. We just thank you for that, Father. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So.